and, and I just learned, fortunately, very early on that my ideas matter and they're valuable. Mm-hmm. And if I don't speak up, it things go the wrong way all the time. If we don't use our voice, right? We don't say, hey, whether it's right or wrong, learn to, to use your voice and learn to speak up, learn to be confident in that. And, and I think that's critical skill. We're rolling. Thanks for being here, Trina. You're so welcome. <laughs> right Glad on. to be here. Um, I... I'm really excited to have this conversation. When I heard your story at tacos together, yeah. Yeah. I was like, that, that was incredible. Thank you. And I think, um, in, anything that has to do with like empowering, especially like single moms and yeah. women to like break out into tech and to do things that they've never done before is like, that's pretty inspiring. And then your pedigree is amazing, but I, I normally start off with like a great question, but I feel like people kind of need to, I feel like a great start would be like, your background and like where you came from and how you got here. Yeah. Let me do the, you know, 50 years and two minutes. Is that what we need to do? Yeah, there you go. So I am a Utah girl. I've been born and raised here kind of all over the place. I've moved a lot, 10 times up until I was 15 and mainly in Utah County up in Cache Valley, uh, Logan area. So we moved around a lot, but I had a family of nine brothers and sisters. There was 10 of us total. And so it was a little bit chaotic uh, of an upbringing, but I didn't realize that, you know, growing up, it was just like, oh, that's just what you do. You come home and moving van there, go load everything up and we go again. And, and so we did that, but my, my parents were awesome in, in creating environments where I was just out in the mountains all the time, very adventurous, you know, go build a huts and go do this, go, you know, explore a mine, which probably wasn't the <laughs> safest thing to be doing, but I just built this, uh, I guess it's kind of just like, I just went and did stuff. And, and I kind of get asked a lot, like, how do you, you know, move into your career? How did you do all of this? And I just, I guess I just was, uh, raised with just a risk-taking approach to things where I didn't really think much, which got me into trouble, but also, you know, propelled me in my career. It's kind of like a give and take. You get both sides of those things, right? So, you know, as I I got into high school, I really loved architectural engineering. My dad had been a builder, a welding, he owned a welding shop, right? That's kind of the background there. But we is I, I started into architectural design. I realized that I took a Pascal programming class there and uh, realized that computer science might be a much better fit for me. <laughs> and and I didn't think twice about it. I get asked a lot because there's, there's a lot of like, well, you know, how did you get in? How'd you stay in? But it was just like, no, I knew this was where I needed to go. I never second guessed it. And yeah. so I switched my degree into computer science and the rest is history, long career, you know, 30 years in tech um, for Novell, eBay, Oracle, mm-hmm. and then launched my consulting firm. And then um, part of the work that I had done throughout my whole career, uh, you know, like lots of education, done computer science, bachelor's in business and information systems, uh, really got into uh, looking at business strategy and went back to Harvard and did strategy there. And just the importance of an education, because growing up, we didn't have financial means. So I had to find my way in somehow and really knew that that education was the way that I could, you know, build my way out of that. Mm. So a lot of years of 
just getting educated, kind of building my career, moving forward, but then also this thing called sexism, which happened and and started to realize this is a real challenge, you know, for anyone that's in the industry. It's not easy for women. And so I started to just dig in. I actually wrote my thesis paper when I did my computer science degree on why women should go into computer science. So this has been like a lifelong journey for me mm-hmm. of getting more women in because it's they're great. We say at tech moms, tech jobs, you know, tech tech jobs are mom jobs. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and they're great for moms. They're flexible and potentially remote working and higher pay, but yet we we don't move women into these roles. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my my mission right now <laughs> with Tech yeah. Moms. We launched that program about three years ago. And where that came from is I was the global president of women in IT at eBay. Uh, I oversaw programs for 1,500 members in 17 countries mm-hmm. and was running programs to help you know women in leadership and women in technology. And one of the things that we did was uh, coding camps for employees' daughters. Oh, cool. And it was really cool. And, and people got a lot more involved. And what I, what I found was it was a great way for us to get, um, men involved because just like we were talking before we got launched here is like, you start to connect when it's somebody you care about. Right. You, so, you know, somehow with a colleague, it doesn't matter as much, but when you start saying your daughter's going to go deal with this stuff, you get involved. Yeah. Right. And so I started seeing this shift happening where we were getting a lot more support and enabling and becoming more aware without me having to go out and say, you need to talk about this. Right. It was like, they were coming to me and saying, how do we do this? How do we fix this? How, what do we need to do? What can I do? Right. What actions can I take? And, and then they also were asking, well, what about my wife? Oh yeah. What, I, you know, I think she would be great in tech. How does she get in? Right. And then I would actually have women literally knock on my front door and say, Trina, I, I need to get, I want to go back to work. A lot of women, it's like, I want to go back to work. I just don't know how to start. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to do this. And so I, uh, started to put together programs for it, got connected to my co-founder, Mikkel Blake. She was living in San Francisco at the time. And she and I just started saying, we've got a shared passion here. Let's get things going. And that was in 2019, 2020. Wow. Yeah. Right. Pre-COVID. We launched in the middle of COVID. Right there. It was crazy. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And then my, my third uh, co-founder, Robin Scribner came in. We met a, uh, a few times and she's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And we got launched and now we've run over 22 cohorts and over 400 women have gone through the program. Yeah. So wow. amazing I, growth. There's so many things to unpack in like your history and like what you just kind of touched on there. The first one though, the question that I, that was, that came to my mind right off the bat was because you, you introduced tech mom. So that's kind of the background. Everybody need, would need that's to know. Everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. They <laughs> yeah. don't know all the other stuff. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but you, you mentioned that you kind of grew up, um, very like risk adverse in a sense, right? Like yeah. You just kind of love to just take go it. Go figure it out. Yeah. yeah. How you do just you, go. how do you tell, how do you, how do you give that to other moms? Cause that's, that's like, I feel like, you know, I'm the same way. And like, if yeah. you're an entrepreneur, you kind of you are, know, you're like, yeah, you're just like, Hey, this, the question isn't what if it doesn't work? The question is what if it does what work? What if it does work? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, that fear of starting, I still fight it. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not like even in my companies, I'm like, oh, I could launch this, but what if it goes bad? You have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I go, 
yeah, what if it goes great? What yeah. if this thing takes off? What if, you know, what if you never start? I'm like, I'll never know if it failed or not. I just, you you know, what do yeah. they say? You miss 100% of the shots you don't so you take. Sure don't take, yeah, that's yeah. Right, yeah. So I just have taken a lot of shots and I've failed a lot. I've failed so many times, right? Um, but every time I've learned something. Mm -hmm. So I did real estate for a number of years while I was going through my career. Like I've had these, I always have like these side projects. I can't stop, <laughs> I guess, but I just, yeah. I, I'm a goer. Um, but I did real estate and I was like, I'm going to, you know, get into real estate. I loved it. I love um, the real estate area until the 2008 recession hits. And then you're like, yeah, this isn't so great. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so into this anymore. Um, and been going through a divorce at the same time. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. something's got to give. Yeah. And so um, one of the things that I've been working on when asking what I tell people, I've been writing a book. Uh, it's called Balance is Goat Shit. <laughs> uh, I, I, the reason crazy. goat shit instead of bullshit is uh, um, growing up, we had goats. So I tell a lot of goat stories. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so kind of play on words there. But really, it's about putting our life first mm. and orchestrate life work harmony. Instead of work-life balance, it's put your life first, then you have work, and then you find harmony. And how do you orchestrate across all the areas of your life? So one of the things that's been one of the largest challenges for the, the students that we're working with is they are trying to make this transition, but they haven't learned that they've got to give certain things up and prioritize and set a vision for yourself. And so I came up with a, a model that I'd been teaching to my students that I'm like, we need to just put this out there. So they go through, I can hand them the book. I'm like, here you go. Right. You don't have to wait for me to come tell you this. Um, but really, if you were to just kind of take your life and look at it like a garden, right? Like what are we gonna bloom and what are we gonna grow and what are the things we're gonna invest in? Because everybody has the same amount of time. Nobody gets, like that's the one even playing field. We all have the same right. amount of time, right? That's so right. how are we going to use it and what are we going to choose to use it on? Yeah. You need to be very intentional on that. And so I, I divide the garden, like if you were to take a piece of paper and just draw a big X, right? Across your paper. Um, one area it's into four, you've got relationships. What relationships are we going to build? Where are we going to focus? Do we have relationships that are toxic and we got to keep them out? I call those the goats because <laughs> goats consume and gardeners bloom, right? So yeah. who are the goats you're going to keep out of your garden? And then what gardeners are you going to bring in yeah. to help you bloom? Very, very cool uh, symbol, by the way, because goats are usually symbolized yeah. as yeah. Like, the, like, you don't want to yeah. be the greatest of all time. Just keep, <laughs> keep those ones out. They're usually like, troublemakers. <laughs> I, I love, I, yeah, I love, but I love like myths and, and symbolism. Like oh, even yeah. like, like old like, uh, Joseph Campbell like, or like the Bible. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Goats are always. Yeah, hero's journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goats are always yeah. uh, the ones you yeah. get rid of. <laughs> keep, keep those out. They'll trample your garden. We had goats growing up and one of them was named Casper the Unfriendly Goat. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I have lots of stories about That's goats. Cool. Yeah. Milk goat wars. That was another fun thing. My brothers and sisters and I would, instead of water guns, you'd pick up a goat and squirt each other, you know, yeah. have fun That's, with that. That's right? amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you have, do you have relationships? Relationships. Yep. And then you have your finances. One of the things that we see a lot are we neglect our finances and, and as for women, especially, I'm not sh sure why we're socialized or raised to not care for our financial needs or focus on those or understand how to build wealth or how to invest in the stock market or 
how to run a business, like some of these kind of core financial, like developing in that area. Mm -hmm. And then with your work and career and community, that needs to be a set of focus. What am I really going to grow in my career and lean into it? Uh, a lot of times I'll have, well, I'm, I'm a stay at home mom and I'm not going to have a career. That's great. There's not a right or wrong, right? There's no, if you work or if you don't, there's not a good or bad, but being involved and working in some way, whether it's a community involvement or you're going to be a lot more fulfilled and have a lot more fulfillment in your life and find harmony mm -hmm. by doing that. And so not shying away and saying, no, I don't need to, but you should. Just yeah. because there's there's a, a psychological benefit, right, in in investing and in, in growing and working and putting yourself to use. Yeah. And then the last one is your personal development. So what are my hobbies? What am I building from a knowledge? What about my fitness? Do we prioritize that? There's been a, a few of my students I've talked to and they're like, yeah, I don't have hobbies. And I'm like, well, how do you know who you are? What, <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. So those are the four areas, but what, what I do is, um, you have to start all of that with the fertile soil of mental health and wellness, right? Because nothing's going to grow if you haven't taken care of yourself, like making sure you've, you're in a place where you can find the energy and time to grow all of these areas. Right. And then the other two kind of analogies is like setting your fence lines to keep out the goats, right? Mm -hmm. And then pulling the weeds. So you have all these weeds of fear and doubt and shame and guilt and all this stuff growing and popping up all the time. And you have to tend to those things. And I call it pluck and chuck, <laughs> right? Or flip it. Yeah. It's like, just get rid of, like recognizing them and being able to work through getting rid of those things. Yeah. So it's a long answer, <laughs> very long answer to your question, but it's not a simple, here's what you do and yeah, you yeah. move forward. It all starts, though, finding your purpose and vision in life. Yeah. Like and you can't figure out what to plant if you don't know where you're going. Yeah. And I and I used to like I've interviewed quite a few people about this, you know, finding your purpose or yeah. all these things. And for a long time, I was guilty of like, man, that is just all like crazy. Right. Cause like I was born, so I'm Polynesian and my grandpa, mm -hmm. you know, like when whenever he would hear that, that phrase, like work smarter, not harder. He'd be like, he'd be like, damn it, just work. Right. Yeah, and so like, get it done. Yeah. And so we just like, that's what I, I was like, ah, I don't really know. Like, I know that I need to do this to get here. Mm -hmm. so like, that's it. Right. That's all yeah. I need. And then I kind of evolved to like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because when you have your values aligned, yeah, that's how you guide your decision-making. Exactly. How do you, how do you know what you're going to say yes to if, and right. no to you don't, right. if it makes it's really interesting as I've worked with uh, a, f a few women now um, that have gone through this, they're like, I know what to say yes to. I know what to say. It doesn't become like just, oh, just go whatever everybody tells me to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, no, I have intentionality in what I'm deciding to do and I'm going forward with purpose. Like, mm -hmm. this is what I want to do. Those conversations with your spouse or with friends or with family or whoever else, it, it gets a lot easier. Mm -hmm. uh, even your boss, right? Yeah. Like, okay, what am I working towards? All right. I know what to say yes to instead of doing all just stuff. Right. right and you're, you're more confident in your yeses. Absolutely. Your right. Yeah. It, it definitely increases confidence. Yeah. And, and that's what I like. I think w when you have a lot of confidence, um, you just, I mean, everything sounds clearer. Yeah. Right. And like nobody quite, cause like, uh, 
Cause I love sales training. Like that's what I, I, oh, yeah. I sales and marketing. I was a sales trainer for a long time. I still yeah. do that every now and then. But, um, what I noticed and, and what I learned was like in our, in our brains, like if people don't know the difference between no confidence and trying to scam you. Yeah. Right. Like if you've ever, like, so I started in the card world. Yeah. Right. And if you saw, and if a, if a new car salesman came up and he was stuttering, he was like, yeah. oh, no, I didn't, yeah. you, you don't, he's not yeah. answering your questions. Yeah. He's dodging you. Like, you don't know that he, yeah, you don't know if he's new or yeah. if he's trying to. And yeah. so your brain just goes away. And yeah. so like, I'm like, you gotta like say things with say confidence. It. Right. Yep. And if you deliver it right, like you'll be there. Right. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and so that makes a big difference. And, yeah. and so when pe people believe you, like when you know where you're coming from and you know what you're saying and you, and you believe it, mm -hmm. you're like, that's it. It's really hard to argue with someone's conviction and confidence. Oh, absolutely. I, when I was doing, so I did technical sales at Oracle. I was a senior consultant there. And one of the biggest things that I did is I became a trusted advisor, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I could go in and sell more than anybody else just because I was confident what I was doing and it was, and I was there to solve their problems and I just built trust. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same thing that I've been doing is I've built, you know, my business and, and tech moms is it's comes from a tr place of trust, usually mm -hmm. when I'm working with individuals. And I think that comes through mm -hmm. quite often. It's like, yeah, we're going to do this. Okay, <laughs> yeah. We got it. Well, you just have a lot of, I think, uh, confident, I think confidence comes from two things. I think it comes from empathy, which I think you have a lot of, right. Obviously. And then, and then like confidence, right. You're yeah. just like, this is it, right? This like I'm here it. to this help you. Do. And then this is, we'll <laughs> yeah. figure it out together. Let's be, go. <laughs> because a lot of people kind of just, they also need to be guide. Like you also just need to guide things. And so I like how you mentioned those four areas. They're just like, those are your guides mm -hmm. while you go through. And I, and I, I really found a lot uh, in that. Um, and so obviously one of the reasons I also wanted to talk to you uh, was because like I mentioned before, right. I'm a girl dad. So yeah. Um, break, break it down. Like I, I've got, I've got a lot to learn and yeah. a lot to get ready for. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess first is like, we kind of understand, I mean, I guess maybe some people don't because it's still happening. Right. But, yeah. like, but like for me, I understand like you have to, th there are things that I don't experience because of, yeah. like I'm a guy and, yeah. and so like, how do you, where, where do you start? Where do you start? That? Yeah. I don't even know. So um, a couple of things is I, I first want to say thank you because leaning into it and saying, I want to learn, I want to understand this more. That's the place where we have to start from. Mm -hmm. I, and a lot of the corporate consulting that I do, people shy away. It's like an immediate barrier, like, mm. oh no, I'm going to be personally attacked. Right. And you got to get over that. Right. Like what yeah. do they say in leadership? It's, <laughs> you got to get uncomfortable, Yeah, but not in this area. That's just too uncomfortable. Right. Like, right. no, right. But you do it just, you're going to get uncomfortable because you're going to start recognizing maybe even things in yourself that, and, and I've had to do this like with race and ethnicity and some of the things that I recognized, my own biases, we all have them and it's okay. Right. Like we got to get to there. Let's yeah. start from it's OK. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, right, right. You, I know. I know where I'm at. Uh, yeah. It was just like, you know, you're I, I love this. Also, this kind of thread, by the way, not to interrupt or anything, but like <laughs> what makes you successful in one area makes you successful in another. Yeah. So it's just like you were talking about in business. Like you got to be like, all right, this is the this is the slate I'm working with. Yeah. Now let's move. Let's forward. just move forward. Let's start <laughs> yeah. where you're at. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we don't need to everybody's going to be a different place. Every company I work with is at a different place. They're all coming from a, a different level of understanding and that's fine. 
we start where you're at. And the only thing is let's start going, right? Mm -hmm. Let's start understanding. And then, uh, um, there's a couple of things that I use when I do training. So one is leadership training. I, I've launched, uh, empathy training, Mm -hmm. uh, and emotional intelligence. And if it comes down to it, I would just say it's starting with emotional intelligence and being able to understand your own ability to not react emotionally Mm -hmm. and think logically because you know, emotions hit your limbic system first, your first emotional and then logical. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of like get emotional first and then think later. Yeah. And so you've got to kind of interrupt that. Um, and that's where a lot of these, you know, challenges from bias and racism and sexism all kind of come from that, that level. So going through the emotional intelligence side of it and then understanding true empathy and understanding somebody else's position, that's a life experience you'll never have to endure, fortunately, for for many, but many are. And so getting to understand and put, then I go into terminology of all of the different forms of sexism. We use one word to describe there's eight different forms. And Dr. Madsen here in Utah has done a great study. In fact, my co-founder was the lead researcher on uh, responding to sexism. And so I've used a lot of that research as a foundation to go just talk about the different forms of sexism that can happen, whether um, it's not just like objectification or some of those, but there's very uh, subtle things. things that happen within the workplace, like stereotypes, like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be at home. Uh, I've had things where I was told twice in my career, Trina, you didn't get that job because the other gentleman has a family he needs to provide for. So we're going to promote him like twice. And then That's I've had crazy. some of my tech moms recently been told that as well. So it's still happening. Like, like, yeah, companies. This last year, companies still to this day are telling employees and they don't know that they can speak up. I don't think they understand there's discrimination laws now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> but it's it's still happening. I mean, there's just a lot to unpack there. We don't probably have enough time to go through sure. my whole training, but there's just even leaning in and reading some of those research brief, briefs are yeah. great to go. Wow, I didn't think about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, but I like how you start with empathy because I think that that's a big place. Cause like for me, I like, I had no clue that like eight forms and like, that's all crazy. But, but I think what, what kind of helped me was obviously having my daughter and then realizing like, holy, like, holy shit, people don't experience what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. whatever. And, and I think, I think you made, you made a good point about people just getting personal. Mm-hmm. Cause like I used to do that. I used to be like, well, my, like who decides which heart is worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is like, that's not the question you should be yeah. asking, right? Yeah. Like it should just be like, no, we need to help build people and like realize that everybody's heart is hard. And we just, I, I don't yeah. know, I feel like we can all make each other's burdens lighter. Absolutely. However we Absolutely. can. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it just starts with conversation and awareness, yeah. right? I think a, a mindset of curiosity mm. is the key. Yeah. What, what do you, um, what's like the number one piece of advice if you in a podcast setting like this, or or you're just passing by, like, what's that, what's that one thing that you, you give to men that that's like, here's, if you could only do, if you only have to do one thing, I mean, before, I mean, obviously there's a lot, right. There is a lot. And there's, and there's a start, but (laughs) but if you're like, like, look, uh, like, is it listen more? Is it like, don't speak when, 
you know, like everybody in the refs? Everybody to be involved. I would never shut anybody down from, for speaking, but I think the awareness piece of looking around um, and saying, okay, are there any women in this room that I'm working with? And my, why is that? Why, why does everybody look like me? Right. Mm. And, it, and it could be um, gender or race or, you know, just why do we not have that? And ask the question. The whole reason I started Tech Moms and started doing some of this work is because at eBay, is I was a um, senior director over the technology operations team. And I was, you know, working to hire diversity and I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. And then I kept getting told, well, women just don't go in IT. And I'm like, that's not an okay answer. Well, why is that? Right? Why we each can then go do something about it. And that's what I did. I said, well, that's not okay. Let's go do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody has the opportunity to create change from where they're at, just being aware and and recognizing it exists and then being part of the solution. Yeah, and then working to find solutions. Yeah, find ways to find the solutions because they do exist. They do want to get in, you know, whatever. It's just why we put up barriers for individuals to be able to access the same opportunities. Yeah, I I heard um, some crazy stats, but I remember one time I got got checked on a podcast and it was awesome. Sid Tetro. Mm -hmm. um, I was interviewing her and I'd, I'd done a little research and I came across a news article, Sid Tetro. Article was like Wall Street Journal's, you know, Sydney Tetro, uh, largest round raised by a female CEO. And I was like, how do you feel about that? Do you want CEO to be in there? Why couldn't it just be CEO? And she was like, no, it had to be female because people needed or woman like people needed to know that a woman could could do it, do that. And I was like, damn. Yeah, she's inspired thousands. Right. Uh, Myself included. So I've been participating with the tech council for years. It's, it's incredible. And, and that only, that story was so powerful for me because I tell other guys now, I'm like, dude, like I made a mistake, like, but I didn't get ripped for it. I didn't, I got checked and like, I learned from it and it was like, yeah, that's how, that's great. That's what you have to do. I think the other thing I talked about, so, um, kind of my wrap up chapter in my book as I was writing, it's been a really incredible experience for me as I'm writing all of these different uh stories that i had had forms of sexism would come out and it just come out and it'd be like Whoa, oh yeah what do i do with this you know i'm trying to write this story but it's just going to distract from what i'm trying to say so i kind of took it and i set it to the side and i'm like okay not now i'm just gonna take that little story and and deal with it later uh-huh. <laughs> right i've got to get this thing done so at the end of my book i talk about i i call it pest control um and it's knowing that you're getting little it's like if you look at as a a woman or a person of color you're just getting little stings all the time it's like bugs that are just coming at you and you get stung here and it's like okay and then you get again and then again and again and it just adds up and then you start going okay i'm dealing with all of these things i don't know how to quite and it just kept coming out as i was writing and so i talk about pest control the number one way to handle some of this is to have a voice. Mm. No more building a thicker skin. I think a lot of women have been told, just build a thicker skin, just get through it, you know, just kind of deal with it. And I think we've got to start speaking up just like she did with you and yeah. say, well, here's actually what needs to be done or yeah. how you could respond and being open to to hearing that. Right. And yeah. And then it starts to change. 
but until we get a voice, it's just going to stay how it is. Right. So, and this is a question that I like to dig into because it's something that I'm battling personally as a girl dad. Yeah. So that's where I'm coming from with this question. <laughs> okay. Because uh, it's kind of a hard one because, you know, I want my daughter. So like my daughter's in jujitsu. She re- yeah. like, I, I do a lot of things like that. Uh, and then she's in dance. She likes a lot of things. Yeah. But uh, the question is like, you, we want to fix this. And, and the, and the goal is to like get as many people on board as we can. Yeah. But at some point, you know, I'm battling as a dad, like at some point I have to teach my daughter, like some, a little bit of resiliency, like, oh, Hey, yeah. this is, this is going to happen. And like, it's going to happen. And, and we're, and we're like, and, and so like, where, where, how do you balance this line of like, we've got to change the world. And like, these things are real to like, yeah. even though these things are real and these things are happening, yeah. I've got to like move. And I've yeah, gotta, we got to like, keep yeah. going. And, um, <clears throat> I think let's acknowledge it's real. Yeah. Right. Let's stop saying, Oh, it doesn't happen anymore. It does. <laughs> sure. Okay. So that's totally, the first yeah. step. I agree. Cause I hear that even when I go in to do corporate consulting, they're like, yeah, this just isn't a thing anymore. I'm like, yeah, it is. Right. It is. That's crazy. So, you know, with your daughters, just talking about, like this is something you're going to need to deal with and here's how to recognize it and how to have a voice. And there's, I would say not just our daughters. I think our sons need to be aware of this. Like we need to be well, training our sons. People, like yeah. I don't want you to be raised this way. You need to be able to understand the different forms of sexism that might be there. Mm-hmm. So I think I shared this story when I spoke, but my 15 year old son came to me Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. he's like, Hey mom, if you keep giving all the jobs to women, there won't be enough for men. And that's crazy. My son yeah, that that's I crazy. raised and paid for and fed <laughs> and done everything for. And he was saying you shouldn't give the jobs to women, you know? And so it's just socialized somehow into us. Yeah. Like you, you're like, where did you even where hear, did you that? Even hear that? Yeah. And then a couple years later, like it, it was great because it allowed me to have a really wonderful conversation about like, you understand that's biased. Do yeah. you understand? Like, because he's like mortified, you know, and he does have that reaction, but he's like, yeah. Oh, okay. We can talk through that thing. Yeah. You know, we can look at some of those things. And then a couple years later, I get a call from the principal's office and they said, we've got your son in, in here. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what he had done is he had identified that there were some boys at school sexting some of the girls and he went and reported it. And so he had the confidence to be able to step up on somebody else's behalf and recognize it and say, that's not okay. I'm going to do something about it. And I think having those conversations need to happen. Don't just, you know, prep your girls for war, right? right. Like they need to be prepared, but also your, our sons need to be raised differently. Yeah. I I have a boy and a girl. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's needed conversations on both sides um, in order to really affect long-term change here. And I, and I like that because it's always a good conversation of like, I think it starts with that, like also abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about, man? There's so many jobs. And, if, no, and by the way, fill the jobs. Yeah, that's right. That's you know? right. And by the way, uh, you always have the opportunity to start your own thing. Like there's so many things. And, and so I just like the whole team. I, I like coming at it from a team perspective of like, dude, it's so good to have different members on your team. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I, I grew up like I football and wrestling. I'm from Iowa. So uh-huh. like football and wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know. We didn't, I, I mean, I, I kind of compare it to like body types, like, right. Like 
just because you're bigger doesn't mean you can't play football, right? Like right. we need big guys. We need yeah. small guys. We yeah. need fast guys. We need slow, yeah. whatever. Right. Um, and none of it makes anybody better. We just need team members like, yeah. to fill the roles. And, Absolutely. And, and I, I, that's a loose generalization. I realized, yeah. like, but yeah. it's a good place yeah, to like, teach place my girls need, like, yeah, and my like son. Need, and that they're, you know, the biggest thing I would say is they need to understand their value. Mm. their value that they're contributing. And I, I talk to our students a lot about this is that we need your minds. Mm -hmm. We need your ideas. We need all of those things. There was a, for me, this really came out early on when I was doing my computer science degree and we were assigned in a group. And of, of course I'm the only woman in my classes mm -hmm. and we're doing this project. And, uh, I was, I got really shy believe it or not, I was shy. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're doing this project and I'm just kind of watching and I'm like, they're doing it really complicated. I'm like, why are you doing it that way? I'm just having this whole inner dialogue. And I, I stop and I say, Hey, Hey, uh, what if we were to do it this way? And they're like, Oh yeah, that would be a lot simpler. We could do that. Like, and, <laughs> and I just learned fortunately very early on that my ideas matter and they're valuable. Mm -hmm. And if I don't speak up, it Things go the wrong way all the time if we don't use our voice, right? Mm -hmm. We don't say, hey, whether it's right or wrong, learn to to use your voice and mm -hmm. learn to speak up, learn to be confident in that. And and I think that's critical skill. Yeah. 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 And it's just one of those things where you want, yeah, you want it to be gone because like, I'm like, dang, man, <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And I, you know, and I don't want either one, right? Like, you know, my girl or my boy to be something, you know, to be crazy. And and so I like yeah. having these conversations because they are just so important. Like they, are. they, they, and, and I, I've experienced it too. Like, um, even, even in sales, cause it's not, cause in sales, you know, the, it, the, cause you've been there, right? Yeah. The argument really turned really quickly is like, well, we're all on commission. It's all. And I'm like, well, that's not the only measure of like equality in sales. Like, yeah. Like who has access to the training? Yeah. Who has access to, um, feedback, like, are we coaching feedback the same way? Huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are we huge coaching limiter. the men the same way as we're coaching the women? Are we yeah. doing these things? Like, so I learned early in my sales career that like compensation is not the level playing field. Right. right? Cause like if we all have the same it's conversation, like but making I the decisions on that compensation. Right. Yeah. Or so. like, and, and even if we do have the same, yeah. right. Why, why are some of the dudes getting more training and more one-on-ones than, than the women yeah. are? Cause I saw that too. And I yeah. was like, no, man, that doesn't yeah, work. That like, doesn't. Yeah. Uh, that is one of the big, I'm glad you brought that up. The feedback loop for, um, a lot of times there will be situations where I am, a leader might be uncomfortable being alone one-on-one -on -one with a woman. I think especially after the Me Too movement, they saw a big pushback of fear, mm -hmm. right? Of, oh, well, if I'm, uh, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. And so like, I've heard stories of, well, then my manager just left the door open so everybody could hear our conversation. So I could never have a private conversation. And yeah. so it's just like, yeah. you know, some of these, you've got to get over that. <laughs> you've got to yeah, yeah, yeah. give the same time availability feedback yeah. cycle. Because yeah, all because of it makes a difference in your career. Yeah. The, the opposite doesn't, I mean, it happens, but not as it shouldn't be a big deal. It shouldn't be a barrier. You know no. what I mean? Like I've never been, I don't know. I've, I've had one-on-ones and I have, uh, like right in one of my businesses, my 
partners of women mm -hmm. and like i don't know if we just, <laughs> I don't I, yeah know. And it's you know it can be a tricky thing i would just say whatever you do do the same thing with everyone yeah that's fair yeah, right. Fair. If you're going to leave the door open for one, do it for everybody. Yeah. Do it for everybody. Don't, yeah, because, you know, don't skip, <laughs> like go to lunch with all the, the guys and then not take, I've had that happen actually a number of times. Oh, so God. you, it, it did, it is a limiter for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's good, good awareness. Yeah. But what, well, and, and like, um, I don't know, there's, uh, there's so many more things that could go right. If you just sit down than yeah. if, yeah. yeah. I think, I think it, like these the conversations and just going, oh yeah, like what are, what is the one thing I could do? I like that question of like, yeah. what's the one thing I could do that I can just start there? Yeah. And then once I figure that out, go to the next thing. Yeah. And then we just move. There's an unlimited list. And I think that's where people get overwhelmed, right? Yeah. Is that, oh my gosh, once you start digging into yeah. this, there's so much. It can yeah, get and overwhelming. It can, well, and, and, and you just give up. So just pick one. Right. Pick one. And I like and to start, like when I have conversations with my, with my, uh, men colleagues, I just go, dude, just don't take it personal. Like, okay. So for example, like I'm, LDS. I grew up in Iowa where I was the only LDS yeah. person in my high school. And then when I was a senior, there were two of us and the other one was my sister. Right? Uh -huh. You know what I mean? And so like we got some of that and I was just like, how would you feel? Like, I just remember feeling like so singled out. Like, yeah. you know, people in Utah will be like, uh, I wasn't allowed to play with so-and-so because I was a Mormon. I had the opposite. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to play with yeah. my Catholic friends because I was Mormon. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, and so you just, I don't know, you just start empathizing. But, but what I tell people is like, dude, it's not personal. Like when I, like when people attack, like when I hear those kind of sorts, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that must've been hard, man. Like, it's not personal. Like the, you got to like take yeah. away, like your identity nope. isn't, <laughs> I, you know I what just I mean? wish it would, is as simple as like, just love and accept all. Yeah, like, right. why is that so dang hard? Yeah, I, don't yeah, know, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It's like yeah. love and accept all easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's not. And like treat and, and like. <laughs> Uh, we, we had this game where, I mean, the golden rules, like treat others the way you would want to be treated. And I never liked that. And, and I, I don't know, I think I heard it once or, or ch I, I, maybe, I don't know. I can't remember, but I was like, treat others the way they need to be treated. Yeah. Like, they want to be treated. Like nobody wants to be treated like that. Yeah. Like everybody's, just, <laughs> yeah. everybody's gonna, yeah, I think yeah. And it's just yeah. being open to understanding everybody's life experience mm, Yeah, and being open to it and, and hearing it. Well, yeah. And I learned, I learned really uh, early in my career that like empathy isn't that, I, I don't know, like uh, when other people feel seen and heard, yeah, like they make decisions, everybody, everything yeah. moves quicker when yeah. people are, when they hurt. feel like they're, yeah. they're heard and they belong and, and they have an impact and they're valued, like yeah. huge. I mean, that's leadership 101, right? right? I was about to say you, I'm sure you know, Patrick like, Lencioni, right? He says like. You, you don't have to have consensus to move forward, but everybody needs to be heard. Like people, even when people are heard, like, I think you mentioned yeah. this earlier in our conversation, like if you just speak up and maybe my idea is wrong, but yeah. like you let me talk. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I, I was able to contribute. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be good and sometimes it won't. And that's a yeah. different conversation. I mean, obviously there, there could be sexism in that. Right. But, but all things being equal, that's a different conversation of like, Hey, I spoke up and then. My idea wasn't really working or and the, the person next to me said it was his. Oh, I've had no. that happen a oh, number of no. times. It's like, they, did anybody not hear me? Like I just said that. And then, yeah. 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 That's, that a, that's a frustrated. I would be frustrated. That's a, that's a very real bias, very unconscious. 
And so until you're aware that that happens and you're really listening in meetings, you don't realize it's happening. And then for me, that puts me in a hard spot because then I got to speak up and defend myself and puts me on the defensive side. And so I always really appreciated when I had allies in the room, you know, the people that would say, hey, I think Trina said that, right? And Mm. call it out on my behalf rather than putting on me to always sound defensive. Right. And so I think the more that we have individuals aware that that could be happening, interrupting, oh my gosh, just <laughs> like the the n- amount of time I'll be speaking and just get interrupted. And and recently I was at a, I was at a <laughs> meeting with like a, a VC kind of a company that I was going to partner with. And I, I, I started counting how many times I got interrupted. Cause I was like, this is nuts. Like, does he not even realize what he's, wow. just complete unawareness? Yeah. And, and nobody wants to be like that. You don't want to be that person. Yeah. Right. So it's not, and it's just, just I, becoming aware fixes a lot. It, of that. It, it's so true because I produce podcasts for other companies mm-hmm. and, and I'll be co- part of it is like, I'll be coaching them how to interview. And I remember we were doing this. We had this one guy and he was a, he was a host. It was like his first time I'd given him some pointers and I remember recording it and like, I'm not going to say anything right now, but I was like, Hey, I want you to listen to this. And I played him three minutes and he was just talking over, talking over. I'm like, dude, you got to yeah. shut up, man. <laughs> like ask a question and then stop talking. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, Oh, I didn't even know I did that. And I was like, that's bananas. That's a, How do you even talk yeah. in real life? <laughs> <laughs> it's real though. It's I've seen it a lot. Yeah. I think everybody has been around that person that, that uh, is yeah. always like not listening. It's not like they're not present. Right. Right. You're thinking so they're, of they're, like the next thing to say and you're like, I got to sound smart. Cause you know, or what I'm like, dude, just stop. Just, just stop and listen. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very good. Uh, because it will, it kind of goes back to that whole thing. Like people just don't realize like in our brains, you might be trying to like, you know, you, you might be insecure trying to impress somebody, but all it sounds like is you're not, you're ignoring me. You're not listening to me. Like, and that's, you know, you know what I mean? And yeah, it's just like that confidence thing, that new salesman versus a confident salesman, Mm -hmm. right. Is like, it's a very, it's part of emotional intelligence. Yeah. And, and there's a power in the pause is what I like to say. It's like taking a moment to, to hear somebody, hear what they're saying, And it's okay to have a pause, right? It's okay to go, okay, let me really think about what I want to say next and slowing down a little bit. You probably experienced that in sales. I call it talking yourself out of a deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just let them, let them process. Yeah. Let them make a decision, man. Cause they haven't even said no. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to like overcome every objection Mm -hmm. before they even say it. Yeah. Don't put ideas in their head. Right. Or or like, or like they might just say yes. Like just let them answer. Like, and my, my, my sales training, cause we, I mean, obviously listening is a big part, obviously emotional intelligence is a big part. Empathy is a big part, Mm -hmm. but I was just like, dude, just, I'm like, you want to know the first rule of negotiation? Shut the hell up. Mm -hmm. That's the first rule. (laughs) I, I remember learning that when I did my master's degree, we took a negotiations class and the first thing was let them always come in first. Right. Like mm-hmm. I always remember that, like, okay, tell me what you can do. And then we go from there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a little negotiation tactic, I guess. Well, well, but it's like, it's just how people, it's like humans, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't know how to help you if you don't tell me anything. Yeah. Right. So like it, it, it does sound weird, but I always flip it because I always flip it with people because it's like, no, just ask them a question. Like, Hey, it doesn't even have to be like, well, I'm not going to tell you the price. Cause my negotiation guy is like, yeah. no, dude, let's not. How oh, about I, you just, <laughs> I, no, I agree. Like when, it, right. when I'm, um, and, and I know that's what yeah. you meant, but I was saying like some people twist my words and I'm like, dude, stop it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think having a, a direct conversation there leads to higher success mm-hmm. in any of the sales and you know, I sell every day. I sell tech moms every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, being a nonprofit, you're always out there fundraising and putting it out there. And um, when we first started this, my co-founder was like, how are you, how are you doing? Like getting everybody to get on board. And I'm like, I'm just very direct. You don't, why tiptoe around it? Like I need this amount of money. Can you help me? And do you know somebody else? If you can like, just yeah. help me figure this out. Like, I, we got places to go. Let's go, <laughs> like, let's go get this done. Well, and it's what's, been amazing. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good. Um, what uh, is the biggest objection you get selling tech moms? I don't have many. Okay. I, I, ha- I did have one. It's kind of interesting. You know, the, the negative ones are the ones that stick in your head, right? Mm. Um, I, I've actually had two. I'll talk the two negative ones, but that, that doesn't supersede like the hundreds of tech companies we're working with, you know, our legislators are everybody else here in Utah has been amazing community to fundraise with and to get this work done together, like huge partnerships across the board. So I don't want to negate any of that by talking the negative, but I'll share kind of a couple that, you know, I get the first is when I first started fundraising and I was uh, pulling money together to launch this, I'd started to connect with individuals that I thought would be, you know, help me get off the ground. One of them, I had been mentoring a friend of theirs that was a college student. He had replied to me and said, Hey, thanks for supporting her and mentoring her. We really appreciate it. So I reached out and he wrote back. He's like, sorry, Trina, I can't help you with tech moms. I believe in family values. What the hell? (laughs) Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah, there's that pause there because I'm like, okay, don't freak out, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't don't lose your shiz. So I, uh, I that one's like, and I've I've had kind of that same response where the feeling is that I've even had this from other organizations where they've said, well, we can't put women to work; they need to be at home. Such a huge, and and I think there's this underlying feeling that's that stereotype, right? Of where a woman belongs and she's supposed to be at home and that destroys families by having her work. I'm like, that is so wrong. Mm -hmm. So wrong on so many levels. Um, And you just look at the social and economic impact our women are making. I mean, they're making 23% higher pay within a few months. That goes back to their families. It goes back to our economies. It goes back to raising um, and providing better lives for our, so many people, like yeah. it's exponential. And so to say it goes against family values, that one I struggled with. Uh, the second one I get asked a lot is why don't you run tech dads? Jeez, <laughs> oh, That's crazy. So I, I have had that multiple times, not just once. And, and I, I hate that argument on any playing field. It's like, Okay, let's talk about the barriers that are there for mainly women. And we allow men in our program. We've had men go through the program. It's it's not that we're excluding men. It's just that the barriers that we focus on are primarily targeted toward women. So 
you know, childcare usually falls for the, on the woman to, to handle that and financial needs and network. You don't have the network, right. right? To, to be able to get in some of those kind of key things. But I went home and told my, my husband about that. He's like, you shouldn't tell anybody this, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> but I, I, uh, went home and I'm like, God, I keep getting asked, like, you need to be launching tech dads. And he goes, well, we don't need that. It already exists. It's called BYU. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. So I might get in trouble. All, all the BYU no, just, fans out there. Sorry. But I mean, it, I was it, just going to say college in general, you know, college in general, yeah. right. It's just everywhere. Yeah. So just, uh, every program and that's, a, you know, in the world basically yeah. is predominantly men that have dominated the IT space. There's a lot of reasons for that, but we don't need to put more into that. We need to start looking at the underserved groups yeah, um, and, well, and focus there. Yeah. Well, again, it's just that abundance mindset. Like, what are you talking about, man? And, and the one thing I always argue that my, my rebuttal to that, cause I, I just like being a little sarcastic, but I was just like, it's America. Yeah. Like if I want to take 23 grand and flush it down the toilet, like, yeah. Let's do it. I'm allowed to, right? And that's an exaggeration, but, and I'm not saying that I've not, that's not a correlation at all, but I'm just saying like, what, where did we, how did we get to the point where like, we can't do whatever we want? Like yeah, or it's a us versus them. That yeah, really bothers yeah. me. It's like, well, you know, we're already doing a lot of this um, from a higher education. It's just that feeling of belonging. Mm -hmm. Um, and going in, like being, I know what that is going in and all my classes being the only girl and your professors telling blonde jokes and you've got, I had, you know, some pretty hard things happen. Like I had students in front of me watching porn in class, you wow. know, holding up a little folder thinking I'm not going to see. And you're just, you're just dealing with stuff all the time, yeah. you know? And so just step back and go, you know what? Uh, Others are going to have a very different experience than I have had. And just because I don't have it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and the, the net outcome for, for more workers in the workforce and more ideas being shared is yeah. always a net positive, oh, no yeah. matter what. We have such a huge resource of highly educated women ready to go to work. Yeah. And, and we just are providing pathways as fast as we can. Yeah. And trying to keep up because they are, they are waiting for us to come help. Yeah. And that's what I, I feel it. I, I saw it. I'm like, it was kind of interesting as I, I launched uh, the organization. I was like, is anybody going to show up? <laughs> like, <laughs> my, you know, I have this idea and this feeling like this needs to happen, but I wasn't, I'm like, I don't know if anybody's going to apply, but it's just, you know, it, the pipeline is large mm -hmm. thousands. Right. And we're trying to get as many in the program as we can. Yeah. As fast as we can. Yeah. And just provide opportunities for people that don't have it. Like, yeah. When did, I think, I think you made a really good point that people just feel like personally attacked Yeah, and you got to like, I, I don't know that for me, it's not about, um, I, I don't no. know. For me, it's not about being right or wrong. It's no. just like, we need to just it, like, I don't care if I'm right or I'm wrong. We just need to make yeah. the right decision. Be, be open to, yeah. to feedback. Just like you yeah. would, you know, everybody needs that feedback. I do things wrong all the time. I, I do things that are sexist and I catch myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just did that. Right. Yeah. And I was at a dinner for my, my husband's company was being recognized. And so we went to this dinner and the company had been growing really fast. And I walked up to the table and there was um, a man and a woman sitting at the table. And I'm like, oh, is this your wife? 
not realizing she's an employee of the company. Oh. And I hate it when people do that to me, you know, like yeah. ignore me and assume just I'm the wife. Yeah, you're just, yeah. I've done that going to speak and had people ignore me and you know, shake my husband's hand. And then I go on stage and keynote, you know, it's just, oh. it, it just happens. But we, and, and we all have to go, oh, okay. Don't do that again. Yeah. Right. 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 Like right, right, start right. to be kind of more aware that way. So yeah. it's just making it all okay. I know when I was in sales, I had a few of those ouch moments too, where I was like, I, the, the wife would come in and then I'd look at the husband and be like, oh, I made a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I made a big mistake. It's, it's just being aware of it though. Right. Because yeah, yeah. sometimes if you're not aware and you just keep doing it. Right. That's, you just want to want to know. Well, I think. I think you're doing amazing stuff. I, what, what was one of the bigger, I mean, some of the objections, but was there any, like, I guess I kind of want to know just from a business standpoint, mm -hmm. running a nonprofit is not easy. Getting the, getting a nonprofit status is really hard by itself. Yeah. Um, what were some of like the big challenges, like uh, business wise getting started? I mean, fundraising was probably one, but like yeah. any ones that like people wouldn't really notice or like, wouldn't expect. We had a really choppy start. Actually, we we founded um, our organization under my consulting agency. So Rise Next is where I do all my training and corporate consulting. Mm -hmm. And so we had launched there in partnership with another nonprofit called Mother Coders. And at the time, uh, we that we did that, we were running it. We wanted to bring it to Utah, and uh, the CEO stepped down, um, just disappeared on us, and they. I was like, okay, we're going to still launch this. So our pilot program started under this mother coders organization, but then quickly found out like, we're going to just keep going and do it on our own. And so we decided to create a nonprofit knowing that that was going to be how we, we need to scale. So it was a little bit choppy start. We got it done. Right. And yeah. we have had the most amazing outcomes. That pilot group is just, I mean, we have, uh, women that became full stack developers in less than a year and started their own web dev shops. And oh, wow. yeah, so we have, yeah, see, that's, it's that's just incredible. like starting tech companies. They're going into data and analytics and software development. It's just like the impact that I'm seeing is so incredible. Yeah. Like I wish everybody could see and get the messages we get every week. It's just so fulfilling. I get paid not in a cash amount right now through that, but through, yeah. you know, these life transformations that happened. So yeah. that was a, that was choppy. And then, you know, COVID was really, really rough. Um, Robin and Mikkel and I sat down one night and we're like, do we keep doing this? What's this COVID thing? Like, yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. We ended up launching. We had to like wear face masks and, you know, social distancing and temperature checks as they came in the door. And, you know, our, trainer was like high risk. And so she's wearing like three masks. Like it was just, it, and we did it. Mm. <laughs> like the fact that we did, that was a, a miracle. And you look at, you know, what happened after that, we saw the female recession and women leaving the workforce, but they were coming back into like, they're transitioning into these technical roles. So the timing of it was ideal for what we were doing. And it's kind of been the silver lining of COVID for us is the awareness of remote working and opportunities there for some life work harmony. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, I like asking this question, what surprised you uh, most launching tech moms or rise next or like, was there, was there anything where you're like really surprised? 
I get surprised just how amazing our community is. Yeah. Like the amount of support and funding and, and ongoing engagement and people wanting to be involved and volunteering and just it's um, made our process and the impact so much greater mm-hmm. than what we could have done on our own. And I think we knew this was great. We knew it was needed, but just hearing the stories, if anybody wants to just have like a motivational Saturday, I'll tell you when our graduations are, just come listen to these women's lives and yeah. how they've transformed in two months. It is so empowering. Yeah. And it's just, that wow, me so, surprised me. So you're getting tech degrees in like two months? That's how long? It's not a tech degree. It's a well, certificate, I mean, a certificate, certificate. Moms. They actually do HTML, CSS, a little bit of JavaScript introduction. Um, enough to go, I've got the confidence to say, I know what this coding thing is. This is what I want to do. It it really helps them commit. But then we bring in presenters in cybersecurity, UI, UX, technical sales, digital marketing, Mm -hmm. quality assurance, project management, right? Like all these other roles because we just demystify the tech industry because nobody even knows that these roles exist. Right. right. How are they going to come in? Like they don't even know. And and when you look at some of those job descriptions, yeah, they make it sound so crazy. But you're like, you're like no, okay. this is it really is. actually this is like, yeah, this is it, and, and you can do it. And people get yeah. people get mad at me when I see like I, sometimes I'll troll like account executive job descriptions. Yeah, I'm like stop it. Yeah, you're making cold calls. Yeah, closing yeah. deals. I, I had that conversation this week. Yeah, I'm like stop, stop telling everybody that this is like some crazy yeah. job. Like it's it's a hard job, but it's, but you you, you can, can you can do it. We can teach people how to do yeah. this. It's not. I and I think what's really really cool about that to kind of cap this whole conversation off is one of the things I'm also really passionate about, which is what I love about this conversation, is like de like disrupting education. Yeah, because like. I think another barrier for, for women is like, you got to have this four year degree. And if you're already like, yeah. like my mom went to college when she had five kids. Like I remember being a senior and my mom, my mom and I were going to school, but she yeah. had to drive two hours because oh, wow. of whatever. Wow. Um, and, and I was like, you know, that can be a barrier for yeah. women. And yeah. so just like you time. can get two months. Time is huge. Uh, yeah. So we, we partner with all our higher education. So we work with Weber State, Salt Lake Community College, UVU, and Mountainland Tech currently is where we're actually running our courses. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And part of what's great about that is it gives us like that next step for them. And we work with the universities in order to transition them into roles mm-hmm. or, or into classes. And as we've worked with um, the various schools, certificate programs for, hey, I just want to do web development. I can get that done in a year. Yeah, let's go. And I think that the higher education system is looking at that and recognizing they have to alter some of the, yeah, you know, especially as adult non-traditional learners, they don't have four years. I need a yeah. job now, yeah. right? Well, like I've got six months to figure this out. Like yeah, well, we got to go. In education in general? Nobody has four years. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I was, I, I, I uh, served in LDS mission, got off my mission and I was like, I don't have four years to start, wait to make money. Yeah, right. Like, this like, is crazy. I got to get going. Like, yeah. uh, so I, I was actually part of like, um, I don't know, this was like six years ago or whatever, when like online school was kind of there, but like you couldn't get a, your whole degree online Yeah. until I was about like two years in. And then I just went fully online and I was like, this is how people should go yeah. to college. Yeah. 
Well, that's how I did it because I worked full time and then um, I went to University of Phoenix. That was the only school that did online after hours adult back then. I remember. So, yeah, fortunately, everybody's kind of adopted that. And why? Yeah. And good for them because like that's crazy. Like who has time to go sit down for. uh, Just trying to find parking like that's (laughs) (laughs) like who has time to go circle the parking lots for two hours in order to go to class. (laughs) That's wild. But I love that because education and there's a lot of, you know, I have a lot of conversations where like. There's a lot of traditional education, you know, advocates who are like, no, you need this. And I'm like, no, you don't need that, man. You just need like, here's, we need to know enough. what you really need to know. Exactly. That is a lot of what we do. We have a full-time placement coordinator. We do resume review and, and you know, interview yeah. prepping. But one of the biggest things is learning how to decipher um, a job description. Right. Because there's a lot of <laughs> opting out when they don't need to. Mm-hmm. And they're qualified. And, and so we have a lot of those conversations. And do you ever, you, you ever like you, you warn them? Cause when you, you know, you got some of those keywords in a, in a, in a job description that yes. you should say, <laughs> yeah. like we need someone, we need a plug and play. Yeah. That means you don't have any training doc. And that, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be part of that. You know. <laughs> yeah. You're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. Be yeah. careful. And I think this, that is another kind of warning I'd put out there for any company that has control of like, their perception mm-hmm. as we're growing this committee community, they're talking, right. And they're saying which companies are supportive of diversity, which ones are, you know, going to accept me as I am and which ones are not. And there are conversations happening. I don't think companies realize just to the extent that they're losing people, highly qualified people because their culture may not be the best. Yeah. And training your leadership teams. And that's why I continue to do a lot of the work I do at Rise Next and doing leadership training and culture is because I'm trying to create the companies that will accept all of these pipelines of people we're pulling in. Right. right and right, and right. it's not just hiring them, but retaining. So just something to think about. Yeah. Because I don't know, I, I never got on board with, um, I think, culture is like, uh, you know, the way, the, how I heard it was what is what you celebrate and what you tolerate. Mm-hmm. And like, um, that's pretty much it. And if you, and if you can spot right away that like, this is what you tolerate this or you celebrate this, like, yeah, we can figure it out real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not Dwight truth quotes on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> like those go away really fast. <laughs> Um, but I know I, this has been a really awesome conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Where, when's your book come out? Uh, May we're getting close. I'm hoping by end of May. Yep. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll have, whenever it goes out, we'll put it in the show notes, but, uh, tell everybody how they can follow you, how they can get them. Yeah. Tech moms. Yeah. All that good stuff. So, uh, tech moms is tech moms.org. Tell your friends, neighbors, family, we're always looking for new applications. And like I said, we're across the Wasatch front. We also run an online program. So uh, nationally. So let people know if there's any companies out there that want to get involved, reach out to us as well. We've, we love our community partners and our corporate partners. Uh, if you're looking for leadership training or culture consulting in some of those areas, uh, that's risenext.com, R-I-Z-E-N-E-X-T.com. And then as a, I'm 
launching and speaking and doing my book, that's trinacelest.com. So you got you got three to pick from. Pick choose choose which one. There you go. And they can follow you on LinkedIn too. Yes. Perfect. Well thank you so much, Trina. I appreciate it.